This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. And we're still reading through uh, Fairy Tale by Stephen King. We're about half-ish way through, almost half. Yeah, I'd say so, about half. This week, we read chapters 14 through 15-7. So don't read 15 section 8, read 15 section 7. Do not continue on through 15-7. I will be thoroughly disappointed. (laughs) Yeah, thoroughly disappointed, and also you'll just be thoroughly spoiled for next week. That's no fun. That's no yeah. kicks nor giggles. So, speaking of next week, next week we're doing 15, 8, and 16. So, all of 16. Right. And that's easy. Just make sure you stop at 7 this week and start at 8 next week. Um, yeah, I don't think, is there anything else we need to let them know before we can get into it? I don't think so. No, I think that's about it. Oh, we also have a Patreon now. Uh, Patreon. It'll give you bonus content if you if you subscribe to their Patreon. You'll get bonus content at least once a month. Plus, you'll be able to see the video unedited videos of us recording. So we're currently we're currently uh, video recording as well. So you can see our our, our uh, lovely faces in our lovely lovely pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Well, Colin's wearing pajamas tonight. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's we're recording right now. It's currently ten thirty. This is going to be a late night one, so if our yes, energy is low. Go pop off. We got this. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said. Why do we always record at night, Colin? Why do we do this? Because we're just freaking night owls, man. We're partiers. We're just like cool people. <laughs> uh, first thing is because the game Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom released, and that's a freaking great game. And so that distracted me a little bit. <laughs> And then I had a job to do all day. So now we're here and we're ready to go. How dare you have a job? (laughs) (laughs) We begin. Okay. So uh, chapter 14 uh, opens with he's currently talking to the the mouthless woman from the last chapter. And uh, she had just like invited him to sit down. Do you want to read the... um the titles of the chapter you're right the titles this chapter are (laughs) leah and falada help her meeting on the road wolfies two moons so there you go uh those are the those are those are the titles uh and so we're starting with leah and falada uh where they're talking and he's like figuring out like her whole vibe and uh she is like expects to be uh listen to like she expects what she says goes she she basically she gives off an air of power which he also is just attracted to he's he's a fan of this lady um he's in love with her yeah he wants to kiss her line where a mouth would be um like he he's he is smitten head over heels um he he actually says that i probably don't need to tell you that it only took uh only took that hour for me to fall head over heels in love with her um so he is he is all about all about Leah, uh, who yeah, um, yeah. I I love this as well. Here's another sentence that he thinks. Besides, how much romance can you make when a beautiful girl has to talk to the love struck Romeo through a horse? But that's what we did, <laughs> and I think that's he's not wrong. He's he's very into her. He's very oh, very into sure. this woman. He's so into her. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um. And then section two starts uh, with them sitting in the gazebo, uh, and it, they're really Charlie thinks about the fact that the the seasons are weird. Instead of it being like uh, fall, it's like summer here. Whatever, just weird, just weird fantasy seasons in the fantasy world. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and another another uh, gray woman comes, and uh, she brings a tray and sets it down. And on it, there's a bunch of stuff, including a glass, two pitchers, uh, one that's like a normal pitcher size, and one's a little teensy little picture, little pitcher, like you get at coffee shops. It's a little guy, just a little, little itty bitty baby. Yeah, um, and then he he drinks the the lemonade. It turns out to be lemonade. He pours the big pitcher. It's lemonade. He drinks it. He likes yes. it. He tastes good. 
And he, the girl, like her nostrils flare and her mouth, her scar pulls tight. She, I feel like she feels jealous of this guy enjoying the lemonade. Yeah. Well, I can't say I blame her. Yeah. So the gray girl pulls out a, a little tube and starts to try and do something for the, for the scar mouth woman whose name is Leah. I'm going to call her Leah from now on, but she doesn't introduce herself till like the next paragraph. Yeah. Um, and she, instead of letting her do the thing with the tube, the uh, Leah tells her just to leave. Sorry. I, it's spelled Leah. Her name is Leia because he, uh, Charlie thinks about Princess Leia every time From that, Star Wars. Uh, uh, yeah. And every time that, uh, the, the it's it said, he thinks of it as Leia, but later we learn from, um, oh, what's her name? Dora that it's spelled L E A H. So I always think of it as Leah, but that's not how it is. Yeah. Um, I do too. Anyway, after, after the gray girl gets, gets, you know, waved off, um, uh, Falada, the horse walks over and says, "I am Falada. My mistress is Leah," uh, which is just them. Him, him say basically, Leia can talk through animals. It's still not clear to me how does she exactly talk. I'm still not fully certain. I understand it. Yeah, I don't a hundred percent know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's like ventriloquism. Like I think she can throw her voice, like just in general. But it's easier for her to do it to, like, an animal or someone else. So she needs... Like, I think she could probably do it and have it, like, echo somehow outside of her body. Mm-hmm. But I think it's easier probably for her to do it, like, with an, an animal. It's it's still neat. I don't fully get it, but it's still neat. Yeah. Um, And eventually... uh. Charlie says, it's nice to meet you both. And then he's like having this weird thing of like, who do I look at when I talk to this person? That because seems fair the horse is the one where the voice is coming from. But Leia is the one who's saying the things. So it's yeah, it's tough. And the horse is also very like just not really caring about what's happening. The horse is just there. The horse horse couldn't give a crap. The horse is just <laughs> kind of chewing on grass sitting there. It's just vibing. And so uh, the horse asked, did Adrian send you? And yeah, uh, how I knew him as Howard, but yeah, they sent me. Then Leah, Leia considered this. Eyebrows drawn together. Even her frown was pretty. He thinks, and then he immediately thinks, I will stop saying how pretty she is. Which I think <laughs> he's just, he is, I want them to be together. I think yeah. they would make a cute couple together. Yeah, look at I them. He, although she does kind of seem like uninterested, he seems very into her. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she did just meet him. Yeah, that's fair. Even though he also just met her, but like, you know. Yeah. That is just the way it happens. Sometimes she one could person be, she falls could be ancient. before the other. Did you say she could be ancient? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, she could be like a she could be like an old lady. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean She could have seen many she, of them. She was there when um Radar was a puppy, so she's quite a few years older than than Charlie is. Yeah. Anywho, back to the story. Um, she she says basically she some guesses that Adrian died or Mr. Bodich has died, and uh, they say so he decided to not go another trip on the sundial, and uh, Charlie says yep, and he and she says that seems wise, um, and then uh, he uh, she asks him to tell her, tell his story. She basically says like I will tell you more about this. If it seems right after I know your deal, which yeah. seems a little bossy, but who am I to judge? Well, <laughs> just just a little bit bossy. Just a little bit. She we later later find out she's a princess. So she kind of she's like confident in this title. She's yeah. I mean, she grew up like that. Yeah. So I mean, she's not it's she's not described as necessarily like rude bossy, just as like, you know, she grew up with this kind of confidence and you know ability to just say things and people did it and so that's just what she's used to yeah uh and basically uh this conversation goes and charlie reveals he's gonna go try and like revive his dog radar on the sundial and um she says if you go there you must be very quiet and follow adrian's marks and you must never never go there at night you are one of the whole people and Charlie says, like, what's whole people? And she, like, touches all of the bits on his face and stuff and says, um, whole, not yeah. gray, not spoiled. So the so apparently, like, 
it's implying a curse that's making people for some reason not whole in yes. that like she lost her lips and people are turning gray and smudges yeah so like There's a lot of theory bait here a lot and i it's yeah it is it is quite a bit and then uh he charlie tries to ask was it i'm assuming he's going to ask was it gog magog before before he can get the whole word out she stops him with her mouth with her hand sorry on, over his mouth yeah. and uh just let lets him know to never say his name uh Unless you lest you speed his waking, yes. which is a little Can bit. Can I actually say something real quick? Yeah. Um. When I was I was talking to my mom about this book, and she was telling me about the fact that when she read this, she thought of um Harry Potter because in Harry Potter they don't say they call Voldemort he who must not be named, and that's basically what happened right here. It's is is essentially yeah. It's very much uh. I feel like a lot of books have it where it's like, don't say his name. And then I, my guess is later in the book, they discover the name has no power. It's just basically fear. And from the look on your face, I think I nailed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't know. He tries to leave and she tells him to not leave. And then she uh, put the glass tube in the t- in the the into the yellow gook and then raised her index finger and like cut the red spot on her face like the one red blemish they mentioned last week she cuts it and a little bit of blood comes out and she manages to drink the yellow guck through it with like barely drinking anything with a look of disgust really really sad that's how she has to eat and it's really really it's also so kind of disgusting and it's it's i don't know it's kind of awful kind of not not great I feel really bad for this section gives me very strong Stephen King vibes, which, you know, makes sense because it's his book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he says, if there's anything I can do, like trying to he feels really bad for her. And uh, she just kind of nods. There's not much. He they both know there's not much you can do for me right now because, you know, I'm cursed and you're just kind of a guy. But um, he's going to try his best to do something. Um. And then uh, Falada, uh, the horse. Falada? It's, it's not the horse. It's 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 uh, Leia talking to the horse, but she has kind of retreated into like pretending it's the horse talking. No longer is she talking as herself through the horse. Yeah. Uh, so Falada says, follow his marks. Don't get lost in, lost, or the night soldiers will have you, Um, which is another piece of theory bait because what in the world are the night soldiers yeah because later we learn about wolves but not night soldiers mm-hmm. it's it's weird this whole th- part is kind of strange um and then she gives him some hints uh go basically go see leia's uncle who's a day's walk that direction towards the city it's yeah. it's she's getting she's giving him like basically this section laying out the quest go and yeah, that's kind more of or less. that's kind of what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she lets him go, and a uh their maid, the gray lady who has been bringing food, walks him to the street. Yeah. And uh he, he asks her, Can you speak? And she says she can't speak a little bit, but it hurts to do it. Um hold up, real quick. Yeah, what? Um, I just you I know you kind of like skip through a little bit of um what uh, Leia says, but I just want to point out real quick. She talks about Dora and that little like um leather shoe thing, like token that Dora gave to Charlie, and basically mm-hmm. just Dora. So when people come along and they have like ruined shoes, Dora they give them the Dora and Dora fixes them, and then Dora gives tokens to them, and then they go and see her brother who. Sell, not sells but gives away the like new repaired shoes so that people have brand new shoes to wear mm-hmm. so i just wanted to put that out there right it's... that is important because he he does do it a couple times he yeah, yeah. and it just kind of sorry for show how, that. how good of a no it's okay how good of a person dora is yes they I, I they're both very good i like them a lot they are very they're very sweet and kind yeah um and then uh he walks to the road and he's getting himself all like in his head thinking about how his dad will be scared and maybe go back to drinking and he's freaking out he's homesick and he basically says he decides to go back and like rethink his options yeah. and what that essentially means is decides to go back and just wait until radar dies and the thing that actually finally gets him to decide he's going to stay is when the gray woman uh uh pulled him 
put pulled Charlie towards herself, stood on her tiptoes and just said, help her into like yes. referencing the mistress. You need to help her. And it just made Charlie decide that it's actually he needs to stay and and try and be helpful. Yeah. Which is really sweet. It is. I agree. So then we get into section three, uh, which is he uh, is now like getting himself. He's he's really in his head now because he's now deciding to stay. But he he is scared. Essentially, what's happening is he's scared, which is fair. Um, and he walks back to Dora's hut where they have another uh, uh, stew. And uh, ringing in his ears, he keeps thinking of the uh, help her, the yeah. the woman who's, who told her, told him to help her, uh, which is fair. It's this is OK. It's sad. He he decided to not go go back because he was freaked out and homesick and was worried about his dad and stuff. But then uh, he kind of his 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 weight of responsibility grew from just the dog that he likes a lot to like kind of discovering this whole area is cursed and people think that he can do something about it because he's whole. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. Um, and something that helps him with his dad, like remembering his dad one time, Lindy had said to him, you can't take credit for sobering him out, sobering him up because he did that. And if he starts drinking again, you can't take the blame because he'd do that too. Yes. Which is, uh, a, a reminder to like not put his the weight of his dad on his shoulders like if he needs to do this he can do this despite what his dad might do like yeah. might do so it's it's yeah it's like a good basically, reminder it's not charlie's job to like take care of his dad yeah and before he actually goes back to uh manages to make it back to dora's place um there's a he he runs into a uh a group and it's a couple of gray people basically uh, people who are, are varying states of grayness and yeah. they say, uh, Ho, are we well met? If not, have you what uh have what you would take? Um, basically, are you a robber? If you are, take what you want. <laughs> yeah. It's, they have no way to stop him if he is or if he was. Mm-hmm. Which is so that's so sad. It is. It is sad. He sees that one of them has no shoes, and so he eventually, after uh, a little conversation, he gives them the token for like the free shoes that Dora that that Sydney talked about a minute ago that Dora gave uh, him. Yeah, and told them about like the man who's up the road who will give you a free pair of shoes in exchange for this, which is um, good. And uh, he asked, he asked the 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 gray man says, uh, "We must get on because of the wolves that are coming out." And he says, where you stay? And she says, uh, the, the man says, the, Dora basically said that I can stay with the goose girl. And so yeah. uh, they go their separate ways. Oh, before they go separate separate ways, he asks uh, them what the name of the world that he's in is. And it's Empis is what it's called. Yep. Which is a pretty neat title. I, I really like, I think, I wonder how they come up with fantasy names, authors. I mean, do they just like combine letters until something sounds vaguely, <laughs> vaguely real? Is that how you come up with a fantasy name, Colin? <laughs> That's what I would, yeah. How do you, like, if I wanted to make a fantasy woman, I would call her, oh man, it would have to be a, a pretty name. It's crap, it's hard to come up with pretty names. Weird, weird. It makes sense when there's come so many. Come one like, on the spot. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Elisa. Okay. That's, it's nothing. Elisa is nothing, <laughs> but I tried my best. Good I, job. It was all I had. <laughs> yeah. So now we know that they're in they're in Empus. It's the name of the other world. So now we actually have a title to call it versus just the other world. Yeah. Or or the upside down as I did last time. <laughs> <laughs> that is um not right. <laughs> this isn't Stranger Things. Yeah, not Stranger Things. Um <laughs> And then he, get, he he keeps walking to Dora's cottage and a uh, shadow comes at him and he puts his hand on the gun. But it turns out it's just Radar. Uh, and he comes down, he pets Radar and says, hey, girl, how you doing? Um, and basically said he's not going to seeing her made him swing back to like, oh, I'm staying. I'm going to definitely go and get her get her fixed because I would yeah, not. I should point out real quick that um, he Charlie at this point knows about there's they call them woofies mm -hmm. um and as he walks back it's starting to get dark and so he can hear the howling so that's why he thinks the shadow is a wolf for a second before he realizes his radar mm -hmm. i just want to put that out there real quick yeah um and uh 
radar pees in a field and he says, good idea, and does as well. That's the end <laughs> of section three. Uh, begin section four. Uh, when he gets back, she, she, uh, Dora is there and Dora does a curtsy and she's wearing new shoes, uh, a, a pair of yellow Converse sne- sneakers, which must be weird to see in like a fantasy world. It's just like, oh, also regular sneakers. <laughs> Mr. Bodich gave them to her and they're like, they're like the, um, you know, my best shoes to wear for a good occasion, which yeah. is really sweet uh, that she put great. them on for him returning. It was really kind of her. Um, I love Dora. Dora also does like a sign sign language gesture to say my house is your house when Charlie thanks her for letting him stay there, which is very sweet. That's so um, sweet. And then, then finally they have the stew that I referenced a long time ago. They eat their new stew. <laughs> good try. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. She gives she gives uh not she sorry Charlie gives Radar the pills. So many names to remember. They, they, I, I have, I am having trouble tonight remembering who's who and what's what when people do things. So Charlie gives radar shoes, which, um, shoes? <laughs> uh, he explains, oh my gosh, you're right. Charlie gives radar pills, which he then explains to Dora. Uh, and then he hears like a drawn out howl that kind of becomes a scream, which is really freaky and like hurts his ears kind of. Yeah. And it's the wolfies and the the Wolfies only do it when the moon was out, is what I esta- what I have discovered. Yes. And we when also the, learned there's two there's, moons, by the yes. way. But when yes. the moons when the when the moons get covered, uh, the Wolfies stop howling. And he asks if they do it every night. And the symbol that she does is she spreads her hands, then pointed to the clouds. And I'm assuming it means when the clouds part and you see the moon, that's when they are out. That's my yeah. guess. They're werewolves is my best guess. That's why they didn't just call them wolves. These are fantasy. This is a world where like where inspiration for fiction comes from. These are werewolves. There are people who live. They're the night guards. They're guards by days. They're guards by day. And when their moon is out, they become werewolves. This is it. I've nailed it and you know it. I've nailed exactly what it is and and you know it. I guess we'll see. Man, I'm getting better at this. We'll totally see. I guess we'll see. I think I'm right. Okay. I think I'm right. Uh, and that's that's the end of section five. Now we've entered uh, section six. She she Dora goes into a uh, like non exit door, the only non exit door in the place, and comes back wearing uh, wearing like night clothes. Yeah, right. Um, and he goes in there, and it's like a little bathroom, which is weird. Like he can't even smell human waste, but like it's a bathroom in there, which is really sweet. He brushes his teeth. Uh, and then he lays on like the makeshift bed that she made for him, which is like blankets near the fireplace. And yeah. uh, you know, he's he's looking at the looking at the embers as they like, you know, get brighter and dimmer. And he's he's all about it. He's being weird in his head. It's another moment of him being overly poetic for no reason reason, which uh is really fun for me to read, but really hard for me to describe on audio for listeners. Yeah. Like if you didn't read it he was poetic about embers for a while that's what happened uh and he he uh thinking thinks about like what he's learned from today if that makes sense uh and uh he he realized people only he thinks basically he thinks about all he learned i'm not going to describe everything he learned you read the chapter everything he learned that i just talked through he thinks about it is that, yeah. is, that, is that a fair thing to say? This is a giant block of text that's making me anxious to try and talk through. He thinks about everything he learned. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, yeah, he just, well, he thinks about, like, and these are some theory questions. He says, like, was it a rolling curse? Maybe even some kind of radiation originating in the city? Like, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So we can talk about that, I think, as soon as we're done with this chapter. Because I think that's good theory bait right there. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then he uh, falls falls asleep by the fire. It's warm. It's nice. He's thinking about the woman saying help her and like thinking about if there's a way that he can use his. He's thinking about fairy tales and how they always have like a happy ending. And if there's a way that he can magic his way to a happy ending, like yeah. how Rapunzel's te- tears just suddenly healed a guy. Is there a way that if there's a way that he can Rapunzel's tear away, Rapunzel's tears away all the evil he's going to try and find it that's basically what he thinks about a little bit yeah uh, and then he falls asleep and when he wakes up radar had moved and laid next to him and that's, that's so the cute end. it's very cute all right 
Uh, do we think we should do theories? Yes. Um, I think we should just do a couple. I mean, we can do more theories after we're done with the next section. But I think we start off with... I, w- I want to ask this question. What do you think, like, the curse is? Like, where do you think this curse comes from? Okay, here's here's the truth of it. I know for a fact what the answer is. I, I am 100% sure that stalling like this for longer is going to make me come up with a pretty decent idea. I'm sure Gog Magog did something. Um, okay. <laughs> it takes away, okay, it took away... I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what, what I know about it. it. Took away someone's mouth. She referenced well, him having all his parts and called him whole. Some people are gray and they got face smeared. I also want to I say real know. quick, we, when um when uh Charlie was talking to Leia early in this chapter, we didn't mention, but um we find out that so she was the youngest princess, right? And she had she had four sisters and two brothers. Yep. And all of yep. her sisters were killed. Her brothers are dead and her parents are also dead. So what do you think yes. that has to do with anything? Gog Magog took power, somehow overthrowing it and set off a magic that made that punished the royals themselves in their own ways. Because later we we learn her uncle is, uh, should I spoil this? He, he took Not one yet. of the Don't uncle's uh, parts as well. Yeah. One of the uncle's parts is missing a part as well, which is just like how she's missing a mouth. So he he somehow punished the royals, and then all the subjects of the royals also got punished, but not in such a straightforward way. They got like poisoned into grayness, where they slowly lose all of their like vision and mouth and everything into like a gray yeah. smudged face, like a piece of paper who's had their image erased, which yeah. I still think has something to do with it. Okay. Um. Another question. Yeah. Do you okay? Why do you think, do you think Charlie, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to think of the right words here. <laughs> um, do you think that Charlie is going to turn gray as well? Or do you think he'll stay regular? Good question. I, mm, I think he's going to stay regular because it would be, I feel like either he's going to start turning, turning gray and at the moment of greatest despair, he's going to find the magic to save the kingdom and he's going to turn himself back to normal and save everyone. Or it's never going to turn him gray. One of those two things are going to happen. One, it's going to be like the moment of, of no return. He figures out how to fix it. Or two, he's going to save everyone. Yeah. And that's basically the only two things I can think about happening. Okay. One other thing. Sorry. Okay. No, this is a lot. I don't know. It's good. I like um, this game. So Leia says at one point, she says, um, you are one of the whole people, like people as in more yeah. than just Charlie. So do you think there are other people out there who are also whole and not affected? Everyone that ha- I think, this has been built on my theory last time. There are more entrances to this world. There are people living in this world who are from Earth and they, for some reason, don't get whacked because yeah. if the what's this world called elantris no elantris is something else what is this world called itself uh empis empis the empis people die with earth air the earth things get vitalized by the empis air so i think the vitalization from earth to empis for some reason like saves them from graying and so okay. they're still the whole people not yeah. a lot of them but i think they are there okay um and before we we can do this next after the next chapter but we also had two people on instagram mm-hmm. comment theories and so we'll read those but we can do that after the next chapter yes okay and if cool. you want your theory read feel free to comment on our post for instagram that'd be really really great yeah. we really appreciate doing it it's very it's very fun to interact with you guys we all sure right do. you want to start chapter 15 now sydney absolutely so remember chapter 15 only reading to 15 7 okay 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 so I will read the titles real quick. So we have Leaving Dory. Dory. <laughs> 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 Leaving Dora. Sorry. Uh, refugees, Peterkin, and Woody. So not a whole lot of titles this week. So we start off with um, Dora has made Charlie breakfast. And he thinks they're goose eggs just because they're really large. But um, she's made him breakfast. Uh, he eats it. Feed some to to radar, um, and then he he's kind of ready to go, and so he's about to head out, and he tells Dora that he'll be back, and hopefully that like he thinks hopefully that radar will be young again, and you know that'll be good. 
Um, but so he gets ready to he- head out. He tells Dora that he's probably going to plan on staying at uh, Leah's uncle's house tonight. Um, because that's, or Leah had said something about, you know, her uncle and him staying there. And he thinks that he'll be able to get there before dark, which he hopes because he doesn't want to run into the, the woofies. <laughs> um, and he just kind he kind of nods or, or Dora nods and she takes him outside where she's got her like shoe cart is outside and she's filled it up with like food and like other supplies that he might need. And he's like, no, no, like I can't, I can't take this. And she basically tells him like, you need to take it because you need the supplies like more than I need the cart. And also radar needs it. Cause she's not going to be able to walk that whole way. And she'll eventually start limping and like radar is basically going to need it. So very sweet. Makes me like Dora even more. Mm-hmm. I like her. She's very, very sweet. But um, I love Dora. Yeah. I also love Dora. She's so sweet. But anyway, so um, he agrees to take the cart. And so he starts heading off on his way. And as he leaves, so he's heading towards the city again. And as he leaves, he thinks about, he thinks help her, help Dora too. So now he's not just trying to help Radar. He's also trying to help Leia and Dora and basically like all the gray people and just everyone in the the whole the whole Empress. <laughs> he's trying to magic his way into solving the entire world's problems, which seems like a really bold play for a teenager to send for. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I respect him for caring enough about these oh, for people sure. that he's just met to like want to help them. For sure. But so he he heads out, he's going up and down hills, um he sees he's got a uh, radar on a leash at first, thinking that she might try and chase after like a rabbit. He sees a couple, um, and eventually, like radar looks at them like she's interested, but doesn't try and go after them. So he takes her off the leash and just kind of lets her walk on her own. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, at some point, they stop, and he opens up the food supplies that Dora's left and finds like some cookies. And, like, some jars of, like, water, and one has, like, tea in it. So, like, he stops and uh, drinks some of that. And as he's, like, repacking, three people walk up. So, three gray people walk up. And so, it's a woman and two men. And the woman is carrying, like, a bundle and is clearly pregnant. Mm -hmm. Like, she's very obviously pregnant. Which, how do you think you give birth if you're a gray person, I don't want to think about g- smeared privates, Sydney. I would like to just keep thinking about <laughs> smeared faces, and that's all. That's not what I meant. What else could you have meant? <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not what I meant. I meant just like, how do you give birth if, like, your I... whole body is like melting? Like that can't. It can't be good. First off, how did she get pregnant? Well, I guess she probably got pregnant before she, t- before she turned gray. I guess, but. How, how is she, she, there's no way she can survive giving birth, right? I, Sydney, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things I think about, okay? You think about their privates. I know, Sydney, it's okay. No! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being dumb. I'm just being dumb. <laughs> okay, anyways. um, <laughs> So... They, um, the woman's also carrying, so she's pregnant and she's also carrying like a bundle, but Charlie at this point can't tell what she's holding, but, um, they see Radar and they kind of like shy away because they're scared of her and Charlie's like, no, like she's not going to bite you. It's fine. Like, don't worry about it. And then they see, um, they see Charlie's gun yeah, and are just look uncomfortable and he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. Like, it's okay. Um, he basically tells them that he doesn't mean them any harm mm-hmm. and he gives them one of Dora's tokens because he thinks that they need it because they're clearly very ragged looking like they look very lost. Um, He talks to them yeah. just a little bit just about how he wishes he could help. So he's like, I've got food, but I have like really far to go. Um, And but if you if you three walk down to the shoe house should the lady there will probably give you refuge and then you can continue walking on to um her brother's house and she'll fix up your he'll fix up like your shoes and everything and 
you know, he's trying to help as much as he can without giving away his supplies because he needs them. Um, but yeah. as he's talking yeah. to them, he realizes that what the lady is holding is a dead baby, which is oh, so, no. so sad and awful. Like, does that mean does that mean that children just can't survive the gray? So since the gray kids, none. Because it's a baby who died looks like of the gray at like one year old, which makes me believe that no new people have come about since the graying because they die too fast because either their nose gets smudged and they can't breathe or something along those lines. Well, I think like because the yeah, because the gray basically, I think, I mean, it's melting basically their facial features and I don't know what else. Yeah, but it's like melting Mm -hmm. them. And so... I think, I mean, it's slowly killing them, like, very, very slowly. Like, Charlie thinks it's a very slow process. But if you're, like, really young, it would I would assume it would probably get you faster just because you have, you know, if you're that young, it's harder for you to survive in the first place. So I would assume it probably gets you a little faster. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, anyways. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, the... One of the man, one of the men asks, "Like, is there a place where we can bury my son?" One of the son? mans. One of the mans. <laughs> Look at these mans out here bur- burying their baby. Oh, mans. That's so awful. I was trying to. It say is one really of the bad. Men. It makes me really sad. <laughs> it is really sad. <laughs> um, but one of the one of the men asks, uh, if he can, if there's a place, uh, where he can bury his son. And Charlie's like, I don't really know. I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, I'm a stranger here. But then he he offers sardines to mm-hmm. the people, and they're like, uh, no, I don't want anything to do with what you're holding, which is 100% a fair reaction to sardines. Yeah, they're gross. <laughs> yeah. I Yes. Yeah. Um, But they they head out, and they see that Charlie's walking towards the city, and they're like, hey. Like, you are going the wrong way. And he says, it's the way I have to go. And then the guy looks at him and says, that way is death. And that's where section two ends. So, um, Mm -hmm. not great to have some, you know, (laughs) random people tell you that way you're going is where you're going to die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's this is a bad sign for him, for sure. Yeah. Um, But he starts heading. He keeps going. Um, He... At this point, thinks of the road that he's on as the city road, mm-hmm. just to put that out there. So if I refer to it later, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but in section three, he's just kind of continuing along. He feels kind of bad that he hasn't been able to give, he didn't give them any more like supplies or food or anything. Um, but he, you know, it's kind of too late to fix that. But he continues on and he thinks about the fact that he has really no idea what he's like headed to, but he's like, when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, it's easy to believe that you can fix all these things mm-hmm. just because you think you're invisible, right? And so he thinks about that. Um, and then he thinks about the language that they're speaking because he like is not necessarily speaking like American English, but he's not also speaking like Shakespearean English either. Yeah. And he's not speaking like England English either. Like he's speaking a very like fantasy. English. He says a couple things that he's like, yeah. Yeah. He just says a couple things that he's like, I wouldn't say this normally back home, but they just automatically come out that way. Yes, exactly. It's weird. Which it's a weird thing he has going is on. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as he's thinking about this, he realizes that he uh, left Radar behind because she started to fall behind. And <laughs> so, so he bad. Back and he's like, I'm so sorry. And then he That's says, so why bad. don't you say something? And he's like, well, duh, <laughs> it's not that kind of fairy tale. <laughs> You're a dog, yes, Charlie. Is... <laughs> so bad. Yeah, it is. It is pretty bad. Um, But he picks her up and puts her in the, the cart. So now she doesn't have to walk anymore. But can you imagine... You're that like in lost in thought that you forget that your dog is no longer standing next to you. 
It would I, it would take a lot of thinking for me to get to a spot where I don't remember my the dog that I'm taking to a magical sundial to to like <laughs> change her back to a baby dog. It would take me a lot of things to think about. I guess like a yeah. magical portal under the world that would that would be a a pretty good distraction in my mind. I guess. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, Charlie's got a lot going on, mm-hmm. so I guess I kind of understand. Mm-hmm. But also, come on, dude, pay more attention. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, um, he continues walking, um, and and he they see more refugees, but he doesn't give out any more of the little tokens, um, but uh, so he's just kind of going around walking. Um, a lot of the people he sees like tell him like if it he they say if it's seafront, so seafront's like a town in Empus, mm-hmm. and they're like if this is where you're going for, you need to turn around. The gray's there too. So that's also kind of a theory, like how the gray works. Does it like move around or does it just? Yeah. Yeah. Does it radiate out from like a point or is it like everywhere? Like what's the deal? Yeah. But he, you know, kind of thanks them for telling him that information. And then he just kind of continues on. Uh, He's getting kind of tired at this point just because he's been carrying this cart for so long. Mm -hmm. And he's hoping to eventually find uh, uh, Leia's uncle. Um, but section four just kind of ends with, as he's walking, he sees, uh, Mr. Broach's initials on like a tree and that makes him feel a lot better. Yeah. Just knowing that Mr. Broach had walked the same area at some point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of cool that like he, he's following the same path that like his mentor kind of guy did. Like it's a weird, it's weird, but I think it's really neat. I agree. I like it. How did, how did Bowditch not die? I don't know. If everything but his like wicked path is death, how is he still alive? I mean, he's not. You know what I mean, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, he he. Uh, so now we start section five, and um, he's still walking. It's about mid afternoon at this point, and as he's walking, he hears this like chuffing laughter. And then he hears someone say, "How do you like that, sweetie? Does it tickle?" And oh, he thinks, "Okay, like, time out, Holy crap, It's Christopher Polly. Time out. Yeah. Do it in the voice that you, in your head, you've been using for this character. You know, it. He doesn't sound like <laughs> okay. you. This is a freaking leprechaun we're talking about. Do it in the voice. <laughs> okay, 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 fine. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> you got this. Mm, here we go. How do you like that, sweetie? Did it tickle? (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. I hated that. You didn't even do it in Irish at all. (laughs) You didn't do Irish. You just made him high pitched. I mean, he's not Irish. (laughs) He's a a leprechaun. Well, my brain. You said in my mind. My mind, he's not Irish. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. Continue. (laughs) Okay. Anyways. Um, so Charlie thinks, oh my gosh, it's Christopher Polly. But he's like, it can't be. Like, there's no way it can be. Mm-hmm. And so he walks closer and he sees what he thinks is a child sitting on the ground. And he's holding this giant cricket. But this cricket is not um, black like all the other ones have been. It's red. So that's a little interesting. Um, but he's holding this blade and he's like stabbing, like very like lightly stabbing this this cricket like over and over again. And like just basically torturing it which is mm-hmm. awful um but Rayner starts starts barking and so this person turns around and charlie realizes it's not a kid it's just a it's a dwarf basically um it's an old man who's you know very very little it's a leprechaun like, Christopher Polly, he's wearing green sure he's wearing green trousers it's a it's- leprechaun oh yeah he is wearing green trousers yeah how about that what's this fool's name uh, Peterkin. We find out here um, that he's Peterkin because Charlie asks what he's doing, and he just kind of is like, "Well, I caught this guy, and like, I'm." It was like fast, but Peterkin is so much quicker. He refers to stuff in the third person, which we already know people who refer to themselves in the third person. Risky. <laughs> Not great, right? Yeah. Risky is that what you just said? I, I I said risky, but what I meant was more like weird, <laughs> weird people. <laughs> But yeah, um, so we meet 
uh, Peter Kim, who is basically like Christopher Polly, but um, Radar is still like barking at him, and uh, Peter Kim's like, "Would you put your dog away? Um, if she comes near me, I'm gonna cut cut her throat." And Charlie's like, mm, yeah. "No." He draws a uh, Mr. Boja's gun and is like, "You're not gonna cut her and stop cutting that. Like, stop cutting the cricket. Like, let it go." And Peter Kim's like, "Um, no, I'm I'm not gonna do that." And Charlie's like, well, you're torturing it. And Peter Ken's like, mm, no, it's an insect. This is not torture. And Charlie's like, well, yeah, yeah, it is. It's still, it's still torture. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically Charlie's like, you know, let go of the cricket. And uh, Peter Ken's like, you're not actually gonna shoot that thing at me. Like, you're not actually gonna shoot me. And then so Charlie, what he does is aims higher and like just to the left of um of Peterkin and fires the trigger. And Peterkin like kind of is shocked and like jumps and lets go of the cricket until the cricket runs off. It's limping at this point, but it does limp off, so it gets away, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't want poor poor cricket to be tortured any longer. I don't want the cricket to die. No, I would like him to live. Yeah, because and Charlie also thinks about like. Yeah, it's an insect, but that doesn't make it what Peter Kim was doing okay. But also, like, how many red crickets had he seen? He hadn't seen a single red cricket. So he's like, they're probably as rare as, like, an albino deer. Yeah. So not only was it he, like, torturing this poor insect for no reason, but also, like, probably rare cricket, right? It, did, it, no, it bugged me. That bugged me, that thought. When I read it, I was like, boy has no idea any details about how rare this thing is. Why would he just make a guess? That was just a wild guess about how rare this this cricket is. Well, I mean, he probably just thinks that because at this point, he's been walking for like half of a day plus some and never ever seen it. He's probably seen a lot of crickets. I think he, he's mentioned he's seen like quite a few and he's yeah. never seen anything other than a black cricket. So he just assumes it's probably pretty rare. Yeah. But anyways, um, at this point, Peterkin's kind of annoyed. And is like, you're an irritable boy. And like, I'm just going to go my way and you go yours. And Charlie's like, um, he asks, because Peterkin's also gray. But he mm-hmm. asks why Peterkin's face is a little bit more normal than like a lot of the others. Like he's not as melted as the others are. Like he's his face looks pretty normal. He's just gray. Mm-hmm. But peterkin's response is maybe because of the gods if you believe in them already played a trick on me how would a big fellow like you know what it's like to be a little fellow like me not even two dozen hands from ground to crown he's rhyming which i think is kind of a funny response he's rhyming like a he is rhyming yeah he's rhyming like a leprechaun this is a little leprechaun we got going on now i'm rhyming like a leprechaun oh no (laughs) anyways he (laughs) charlie is basically like he does like this thing with his fingers where he rubs his fingers together and is like, you see this little smallest violin, the world's smallest violin, like no one cares that you're you're complaining, right? Mm-hmm. Um But he, Peterkin doesn't understand that doesn't understand the reference that Charlie makes and Yeah. Um basically Peterkin's like, I'm gonna leave now. And Charlie's like, Well you do that, but I would feel better if you put that knife away. And he finally basically talks, um peterkin into putting the knife back away uh but before uh peterkin goes he does say um you think just because you're one of the whole ones you're better than me you'll see what they do to ones like you if they catch you and then charlie asks who and they say the night soldiers so then they're the night soldiers pop up again the werewolves well you don't know that i know it it's the werewolves okay if you say so (laughs) um (laughs) what it's I, I'm just laughing. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> um, but uh, Peter Kim puts the knife away, and he starts to leave. And Charlie goes his his own way. So Peter Kim's heading away from the city, and Charlie is heading towards the city. And as he's walking, he thinks, "Well, maybe I should have told um, Peter Kim to drop the knife before he left." But oh well, what, well, there's nothing he can do about it now. Yeah. Um, so now it, at this point we skip we go to chapter or section six and uh it's now like later afternoon and Charlie's walking past like fields so a lot of the um like f- some of the fields have people in them so great people working them um they all like stop and stare at him as he walks by because they're not probably used to seeing someone who's not gray yeah but um but some of the fields are also just like dead empty like there's nothing in them. Um, but 
So he sees, he keeps seeing uh, Mr. Butch's initials just along the way. Um, he, so he sees them on trees and he also sees them like on a rock. But um, Radar is at this point asleep in the back of the cart. Mm-hmm. And um, he's about to stop and he spots a like little house at the end of the road. And he's like, oh, you know, he found it. He found where he was trying to go. He found uh, Leia's uncle. And so he, he goes up to the house, um, gets up there, and he spots uh, outside the door. There's a lantern, and he recognizes it as a Coleman lantern, so, so something that they'd have in America. Yeah. And he's like, well, this must have been a gift a gift for Mr. Bodich. So he knows he's at the right place. Absolutely. Um, but he goes to knock on the door, and before he can knock on the door... The door opens and a uh, like fairly tall old man opens it and says, "Hello, young prince. I've been expecting you. You're welcome. Like, come in." And now we get to the last section we're going to read today, so section seven. And um, Charlie comes like inside and is like, "Oh, I forgot um, Raiders leads because the man has a cat on his shoulder, mm-hmm. and so um, Charlie's worried that Radar will try and chase the cat." But the guy's like, she'll be fine. Like, but if you do have food, I suggest you bring it in, or else it will be gone in the morning. So Charlie goes out and gets uh, food. He comes back in with radar and just kind of looks around this little like cottage, basically. Yeah. And the man keeps calling him. So Leia's uncle keeps calling him um, young prince. Well, first Charlie asks uh, how he like seemed to know that he was going to be coming because. There's like plates set up ready for Charlie to like eat for dinner. Yeah. And basically we find out that Leia not only can throw her voice, she can kind of throw her thoughts too. Like it's very, very painful for her. So communication is really hard. And so he doesn't get a lot. Like her uncle doesn't, you know, get like a lot of communication and it's not always super clear. Yeah. But it was enough to know that, um, uh, that Charlie would be coming and that somebody would would be coming. Yeah. So now we know that Leia is not only a ventriloquist, but she's kind of like telepathic. Weird, weird woman. It's really cool, though. Yeah. Um, but so now Charlie asks right before we end the section, Charlie asks, why do you call me young prince? And the guy is basically like, well, it's just like a form of familiar address. It's all very old fashioned, like and you're you're young. Yeah. And it just ends with as he kind of the guy kind of turns away. Charlie realizes that he's sticking his one hand out mm-hmm. and like walking with one hand in front of him. Yep. And basically Charlie realizes that this guy is blind. Yeah. So like Leia didn't have a mouth. This guy doesn't really have eyes. Well, he has, or he does, the but balls like, are there. he can't see out of them. Yeah. But he can't see through the eyeballs. Like the, <laughs> the balls are there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so that's where we end. So, um, don't read. Don't, 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 well, I guess I guess you can read chapter fifteen eight now. Never mind. Yeah, now that we're here, you can read. But uh, make sure you read. <laughs> make sure you do actually. At this point, I'm going to say it early. Make sure you do read chapters fifteen eight through sixteen, or else Sydney will take your vision, um, which would be a oh she won't take it in like a she'll just it's, okay. This one's good. This one's painless for you though. If you want to miss the week, this is a good week to miss because this is painless. All you lose is your vision. She'll do it telepathically. Very little effort um, on her part. She just has the that snap of my fingers, and she snapped. And now I can't see. Now I it's right. It's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough to read for next week. Now that she's done this to me, but that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's okay. I'm sorry, Colton. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I have any theories to share for the, this. We, I, we've already discussed my theories. Now I think we should share the theories that people have given us on uh, Instagram. So I have them. I had them pulled up. So I'll read the two theories we have from the first one. It's from an okay. Instagram user. And we know some people's real names. We're not going to say the real names because they're not a host on the show. And I don't know if they want it here. So the Instagram using name was jersger125 who said theory. At the end, that would be my aunt. <laughs> oh, it's your aunt. That's funny. Theory. At the end, Charlie is going to have to choose to leave Radar with Dora because she can live forever in the other world, which is a really good theory. Also, she says, "You're being too kind to Christopher Poli. Don't we think he killed Mr. Heinrich?" 
I put him in the needs to be in jail category, which I think is funny. <laughs> I think it's funny that I do like that. I think it's funny that she thinks that is more severe than the uh, barely deserves to live category. But <laughs> I appreciate it. And so we've changed the, the tier. I think we should change it to lock him up. Lock him up. Okay, I'm fine with that. So now, now Christopher Foley is in the lock him up tier. Um, and then we have a different theory from uh, the Instagram user Han underscore solo 2112, who uh, says, hey, so I got a theory about a character in the book, Mrs. Richland. It's not fully fleshed out because I'm pretty bad at trying to figure out a book, but I think she's going to become a far more important character than we are all led to believe. It's an out there theory, but it's been nagging at me the last two weeks, and I figured I'd share it with you too. We appreciate you sharing it because that's a, I like that idea. We do. She's a god. She's a god from the. She's Gog Magog. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be such a plot twist? That'd be a, I think that'd be a great <laughs> twist for this book to take is that she is actually Gog Magog. Um, yeah. All right. Um, we really appreciate you two for sharing your theories. Yeah. So with thank us. you, you two, for for commenting. Yeah. If you guys have any any theories ever feel free to comment on our instagram posts we will read them off um we enjoy reading them it it always makes me smile when we get uh comments i like reading them absolutely so follow us on instagram if you want to share us comment it's in the description all righty yeah it's just fantasy book club podcast in instagram all righty i think we've nailed it so now i think it's time to (laughs) okay here it goes Oh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to get started. Sydney, you want to go ahead and read us uh, week seven's list? Yes. Um. Okay. So week seven, we have Dora, Radar, Dad, Goo Girl, Charlie, Melissa, Lindy, Arnetta, Mrs. Richland, Andy Chen, Leon, Leon Braddock, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie. Fully loaded. Bill Harryman, Mrs. Zippy, Mr. Massensick, Mr. Ackerley, Mrs. Silvius, Officer Wilmark, Officer Cooper, CC Craig, Detective Gleason, Birdie, and Coach Harkness. All righty. And then our oh, I forgot. Uh, now wish you were. I have not done yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> our now. Uh, it was at the time. Um, barely deserves to be alive tier, but now our. Uh, you should be locked up tier. Um, Christopher Polly, and then our dead tier: Bodich, Mom, and Heinrich. All right. Now it's time to finally, I think before we add the new characters we met, we should rearrange the old ones. Okay. I think Dora, just in her in her sweetness, I think she still wins first for me. I agree. For sure. Awesome. Radar's a dog, so it's kind of crazy that we have her in two right now. Uh, I think I think Charlie manages to jump up his way up to number two. Which yeah, is- I, I agree because Charlie was a really, like, I mean, Charlie's being a really good person. Like, he's trying to, like, basically save this entire world yeah um can we get googer can googer hop her way up to three which is now uh leia uh leia yeah so we're changing her name from google leia because we know her name now yeah and then dad i think can pop back down into four i think that makes sense for dad to go back to uh to four and uh radar can be five. Oh, radar four dad five well, I think radar i think sense. i think radar four because dad kind of is just not there at the moment yeah radar four dad five um i think real quick this is a weird one we didn't really see him but lindy's advice that he thought back on about like don't take don't uh get like you'd blame yourself if your dad drinks again i think that moves him above melissa yeah i think that because that's really good advice for people who are like relating to people with that struggle with addiction is to remember that it's like not yeah on you the person trying to help yeah which i appreciate i'm fine with that all right so now the new characters uh, do we are we gonna are we gonna rank uh, Falada? Is that do you think we should rank Falada? I would say so because I mean, it's like it's like Radar. Radar doesn't like talk or anything, but she's That's a character. True. But Falada is kind of a character in her own right. I mean, she doesn't really really do much. Like I think she kind of just goes like below Lindy. I think uh, I like honestly. It's a horse. Didn't care below Lindy. I was gonna say below Melissa. Okay, but Melissa's fair. I like Melissa. Yeah, I like Melissa. And she's just a horse that doesn't really care. Let's let Mrs. Witchin hop up. Okay. Put, I think that's a good spot. It's a horse. It's cute, but it doesn't really care that much. Um, and now we have yeah, some, some, some debating to do. Uh, the groups yeah. that are unnamed, the carriage group and the dead baby trio. <laughs> should they be ranked anywhere? Um, okay, I feel like they should just because Charlie had full conversations with them. And it kind of like moved the story along a little bit. Right. Like 
I mean, if they weren't there, it wouldn't be like terrible, but it does move the story along a little bit and you kind of learn a little bit more. I mean, the carriage group tells it's the carriage group that tells Charlie the name of the the um land. So we find out it's Empus from the carriage group. And the dead baby trio, we learn that like basically babies can't really survive. And we just I feel like learn a lot about right. just the world itself and the gray. So I feel like they're kind of important people. Here's what we should do. I this is my opinion. We're gonna rank them now. You, the listener, on our Instagram, we will do a poll in the in the uh, story or something along those lines. You will let us know whether or not they should have been ranked, and they might get deleted in the future rankings depending on what the result is. Okay. But I think for now, I think they they've earned this themselves a ranking. Sounds good. I think me. that seems fair to me. Yeah. Because if it, I mean, I feel like it makes sense for you to be for them to be allowed to say yes or no whether or not uh, the ranking actually happens. Yeah. Uh, where should they go? Um. I honestly feel like I feel like they can kind of just go I don't really know like they don't really do much I feel bad for them just shove them right under Herbie I think dead baby trio can go underneath Herbie I think carriage group can go like maybe above like below Andy below Andy okay that's fair yeah 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 I feel like the carriage group did more because from them we learned the name of we learned the name of Empus. Right. Now we have to rank the uh, na- the unnamed but very important maid who said help her. Uh, Googler's yeah. maid. So uh, um, we were debating, do we want to call her Leah maid or help, help maid? <laughs> I think Leah maid's fair. So Leah's maid. Hmm. I think Leah's maid goes right under the carriage group. I think that she was also I- integral to the story. She talked less. I think under the carriage group seems fair. Okay, sounds good. Um, and then we have uh our Christopher Polly um uh lookalike uh Peterkin. Um, who, <laughs> I think okay. I don't know. If, is... I don't know if I mentioned this, but um Charlie also thinks of him as Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, here's my thing. In my opinion on this, this is another. You know how I had the issue with when Christopher Polly became just a guy. I didn't want him to die. Yeah, this dude's a leprechaun. I'm happy to put him in wish you were dead. I'm okay. happy to wish death upon a leprechaun, just not on a normal guy. Okay, so I that's think fine. he he has now entered our wish you were dead tier. So Christopher Polly is just casually the uh, wish you were in jail t- jail tier, and Peterkin is the wish you were dead tier. Yeah, I think Leah's uncle hasn't done much yet. Let's put them. Let's put uncle with Leon Braddock. Yeah, but he seems. I think he seems pretty nice, though. You want to put him? So just like, I think he goes actually a lot higher than that. Like I feel like he goes maybe below Melissa. Below Melissa? Oh goodness, I'm happy with that. That's fine. That's pretty or, high, but I'm 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 okay with that. It's pretty high. I feel like he seems. I mean, he seems nice. Like he was friendly to Charlie. Like he's inviting him into his house. Right. Very nice of him. Which seems like a good person thing to do to me. Yeah. Alrighty. Wow, our list has grown quite a bit today. Quite a few new characters got thrown in there. I did not realize how many characters were in this book until we started <laughs> doing this. I'm going to do our reading now. It's time to do, hmm, what voice? Uh, You know, I'm just going to do Sydney's. You can do a fun I'm leprechaun gonna do, voice. I'm going to do Sydney's leprechaun voice. No, do your own leprechaun voice. No, I'm copying the way you did it. <laughs> This is going to be a challenge, though. Here it goes. (laughs) Okay. Dora, Charlie, Leah, Radar, Dad, Lindy, Melissa, Leah's uncle, Arnetta, Mrs. Witch, and Falada, Andy Chang, Carriage Group, Leah Maid, Leon Braddock, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie Felicia. Oh, crap. Herbie. (laughs) Fully loaded. The Dead Baby Trio, Bill Harriman, Mrs. Zippy, Mr. Mansix, Mr. Ackerley, Mrs. Sylvius, Officer Womack, Officer Cooper, CC Craig, Detective Gleason, Birdie, and Coach Harkness, and then the Wish You Were in Jail tier, Christopher Polly, the Wish You Were Dead tier, Peter Kim, and then the actual dead tier is Bowditch, Mom, and Heinrich. <laughs> oh my goodness. That didn't sound anything like you. Like if okay, if you just happen to click 
Okay, if you were, like, clicked onto the podcast and you accidentally skipped forward into time and clicked on that one section and you'd hear that and you'd probably be like, <laughs> who the heck is reading? Who is this? Did they get a new host? Who is this person? <laughs> nah, it's oh, just... It, it's Rebel Stillskin. That's who it is. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode of the Fantasy Book Club. We hope you've enjoyed it. We have enjoyed making it. Um, yeah. We have a few people we want to thank before we go. Uh, thank you to uh, Alezia who for our intro and outro. That is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify, uh, which we really appreciate you letting us use that. Um, and I don't think there's anybody else. Thank you to you for listening. Thank you to the two people who commented. We really appreciate it. If you have a theory, yeah. feel free to comment on our Instagram and we will read it. Yes, um, is there um, anybody else we need to say? Uh, just going to say... Check out our Instagram. We mentioned that earlier. Um, check out our uh, Patreon if you yes, want do that. to be a member. Um, we will post the video. So the video from this podcast will go up there. There's already one up from last week. And we also have our first. Um, so there'll be like monthly bonus content. Sometimes it might be more than that. Yep. But uh, we have our first bonus content At up there, monthly. which is just a commentary. Uh, Cole and I do a commentary of the movie Herbie Fully Loaded. So... Um, our little Herbie fully loaded joke, uh, kind of comes to fruition and we watched that movie. Um, yeah. Yes, So you can listen to that. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. It, It's very good. You should go listen. Yes. And just make sure you read 15.8, uh, the the rest of chapter 15 and chapter 16 for next week. All right. Thank you guys all so much. Oh, or else Cindy will take your vision. We've already done this. We have already done this. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Fantasy Book Club. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.